0: Welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy
1: White.
0: I'm Hardy White. Join me now, won't you, as we spend a little bit of time together. And if we spend time together, well, then whatever we spent that time on belongs to both of us. We'll have to split it. It can spend some of the time at your house and then some of the time at mine. And then if we ever sell it, we'll split the profit. (laughs) I love it. Split the profit. Hello? Hello. Hello. Well, hello. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Hello. Hello. Uh, Well, hello. I'm hardy white. I I am hardy white. I am hardy white. Why does my voice sound like this? I woke up this morning and I did not have my voice. At first I thought I had a frog in my throat and then I thought, well, if I do have a frog in my throat, it's from a different part of the country because I don't speak this way. Where is my accent? Why is my speech pattern different? It's very alarming. I may be sleeping still. I could still be sleeping. But I don't know whose voice this is in my head. Usually it's mine. Clearing your throat's not going to do anything. I think maybe your brain is damaged. That must be it. I know from reading a lot of Oliver Sacks that you are always just one blow to the head or small stroke away from not being able to turn left or thinking your hand is a fire hydrant. That's how fragile the human brain is. I know that, and so... Why wouldn't I wake up with a different voice? But this is nightmarish. No one's going to recognize me, or they'll think I'm doing some sort of bit. Please, Hardy, speak the way you always do. I'm trying. Oh, I don't even sound like that. I sound angrier. I use my voice to soothe people, usually, or put them at ease, and uh, this new one doesn't seem to be doing that. No one's going to recognize me. They won't believe me, either. No one will believe me. I wonder if the dog will. That's a test. Sometimes your dog recognizes you, and sometimes it takes just a Halloween mask for them to not recognize you, and you think, do I smell differently, too? I thought that's how dogs identified you, was by your smell. I think I smell the same. But smelling oneself, that's difficult. There's certain parts that are pretty obvious. You know, I can certainly smell my, my own odor. I am not uh, indifferent or inured to that. They say you can't smell your own breath, but I think that's just denial. You can kind of smell your own breath. Or you can sort of smell the disgust on others when they do. Ah, I'm never going to get used to this. This is exactly like the Kafka thing. I'm Gregor Samsa. Instead of waking up as a cockroach, I woke up with the voice of a cockroach. Except they have little tough guy voices. Like that. At least on the cartoons. I wonder why. I think that's because people think that cockroaches have some sort of personal agenda against us, that they're there to annoy us, to torment us, that they're in some sort of species war, that they've moved into our house to make our life worse and not just to make their lives better. I think cockroaches might be largely indifferent to me and to the way I speak I've screamed at cockroaches before, but only the kind of large, flying American cockroaches that aren't great navigators. I wonder if I would be willing to have the gift of flight, but erratic flight, the kind of flight that stink bugs and other beetles have, where they just sort of careen wildly in the air and bounce off of things and are swatted about. Well, they're flying, but they're not going anywhere. It's going to be this way with this voice. I know it is. Now, Butchie and Lou, I don't think they'll be scared. They're used to strange things. We've changed into other things. They're used to an essence of someone being more than their appearance, more even than their brain. I don't know if you've ever been around anybody that's had their brain affected profoundly. But it can be very strange. You think, who, who was grandma to begin with? It looks like the same person. If that person doesn't have the same memories, I'm going to see if I have the same memories. I'm going to look back. I'm going to think back to my childhood and see if I have the same memories. <sighs> I know I do because I'm sighing. And that's a part and parcel of memory retrieval with me. I have access to my memories, but I've some of them I'm packed away, uh, because I have to re-experience them, and I'm not always in the mood. You know who that is. Sometimes my mother wants to look at old pictures. This is strange. I don't even say the word like that. Where is it coming from? I swear I read something like this in Oliver Sacks, where somebody got hit on the head, and then they had. Like a British accent or something. But this isn't a British accent. I don't even know where this is from. I know where I'm from, and I try to broadcast that with my voice. I try to tell people as much information about myself using the way I say words or the way I speak the language. The language being English. The language. There's a lot of languages. It's like when people from New York say the city. You go, I'm sorry, what city? Uh, Louisville? No, not Louisville. There it is. Louisville. I could do that fight, huh? I can't. I can't even force myself to do it. Well, hello. I'm hardly white. And this. That's just silly. Now I can't leave the room. I literally can't leave the room yet. <clears throat> Hot tea. Now, in the cartoons, if you get hit on the head and you get amnesia or something or you turn into another person, you just strike a blow in a similar place, boom, you're back again. Just saw a uh, Green Acres that happened. Uh, Ava Gabor got hit on the head with a hammer, which is actually pretty severe, and it was dropped from a height. So perhaps she died. But then in her place, I don't know whether it was Jaja. but she had a personality transformation or something. No, she couldn't remember who her husband was. That's it. And I, is it Eddie Albert or Eddie Arnold? Eddie Albert. See, I didn't get hit by the hammer and I still can't remember. Oh, things are starting to fade. Now that sounded a little bit like me. I'm afraid to look in the mirror. I don't even want to look at my face. What if my face is different, too? And then we're, now we're moving into, like, a David Lynch movie, Lost Highway thing. So I swear I'm the same person, even though I don't sound or look like them. If there was reincarnation, you'd run into that a lot, too, trying to look up old friends. Hey, I'm Grace Smith. I know I look like a middle-aged man, but I'm... A uh, 15-year-old girl from your high school. No, I'm not. This is very odd, and you're going to have to bear with me. Well, you don't have to bear with me because you don't know me. Oh, we have to get to know one another all over again. Because I've changed. I think it might be something going around. Things affect your vocal cords. I had a bad cold not long ago, and I sounded like the fella on Wagon Train, the old crusty guy who makes all the food. You know, the person who makes the food shouldn't be crusty or called crusty, even if they are. No kind of food description of who you are if you're the chef. You want the illusion that the person is very clean. I like my chef. If I was a chef, I would tell people I was made of stainless steel completely because you've got to use your hands to make certain things. I see that grandmas do that. Like, Grandma, show me how to make the biscuits. And they plunge their hands into something and you go, oh my word, you washed your hands. And they say, I've washed, I've washed my hands so much I'd, I don't need to do it anymore because I've 70 some years of washing those hands. And if they're not clean by now, they'll never be clean. I'm just going to lay in bed. I might just go back to sleep. I mean, that's usually my answer for a lot of things. It's just, if nobody hears me, then nobody will judge me. And there won't be all this drama going on. You know, what's wrong with your voice? Who are you? What have you done with Hardy? And then I'd have to explain it. It all comes off like a science fiction movie. Mm, oh, it was easy being hardy because when people know it's me, then I can not rest on my laurels. You know, it's like uh, with a friendship. People say, it's oh, it's comfortable. Oh, I know that hardy. And they don't have to get to know me all over again. Like, for instance, my speech pattern is different now, so will people know when I'm experiencing different emotions? will say, oh, I know that's Hardy's happy voice. Or he starts to clap. Or sing. What if I start to sing in this voice and it sounds stupid? There's a lot to fear. I'm going to have to trust. I'm going to have to trust that the uh, love or acceptance I got was real. Now in the Kafka story, I've always thought: Is he really a cockroach, or or an insect, or what? I don't know if they ever even say cockroach. People have interpreted that he just says he's an insect, right? But maybe he's being treated like an insect, or maybe he feels as if he is. So if I feel like I'm nothing, or I'm an insect, or I'm a bug. Well, there's absolutely no reason for people to not treat me like a bug. It's so funny, you know. You want people to to believe you are who you say you are. But sometimes it's only if they agree, you know. Tell me about yourself. Well, I will. Um, are you going to agree with me the whole time? Or is some of it you're going to agree with and some not? So if I tell them, I'm an old old man, I'm an old southern man, I have certain uh, likes and dislikes, these are my friends, will they now believe me with a different voice? Now, there's every reason to believe that this is just some sort of virus or a temporary hit on the head. And I imagine that even if it isn't, Butchie will hit me on the head to test that hypothesis. He'll say something like, you know, let's just, it's worth a try. What, to, Or he'll say, what can it hurt? And I'll say, well, me. And he'll go, well, that, I didn't mean that. I meant it won't hurt us. No. So I guess it's worth it for you to try. But I don't want to be hit on the head just because I'm not who you think I am. Right now, I'm not who I think I am. Boy, there's no better way to have an identity crisis than to have your voice change. You say, oh, I lost my voice, you know, and that can happen too if you're unable to speak. So although suddenly the world was different to me. I couldn't navigate it the same way because my voice was gone. But what if your voice wasn't gone? What if it was just a different voice? That's happened. I know what happened to Harvey Picar. You know, for a while, his voice was so uh, hoarse, you couldn't hardly hear him. And then it, it cleared up, and he was able to speak, and I guess in his previous voice, but I'd never heard that voice. So when Harvey Pekar went from talking like that to talking like this, well, not like this, like that, not like that, not like this, not like me, like himself, well, not like himself, but that second version of himself. It seemed strange. I thought, well, which one is Harvey? They're both Harvey. I thought that about Barney Rubble when I was a kid. I'd watch that Flintstones, and then I remember some episodes, Barney didn't sound like himself. And I thought, What happened? And then I realized, uh, years later, I took years and years to realize that what had happened is that about, I guess it was maybe a year or two into the show, maybe just a year into the show, Mel Blanc, the famous voice artist who did the voice of Barney Rubble, the voice characterization of Barney Rubble, he got in a car accident. And I think somebody, maybe it was Dawes Butler, uh, had to do the Barney voice. And uh, well, maybe it was somebody else. or God, I don't know who it was, but it was a different voice actor. And I couldn't always accept it was the... Because it was a different voice coming out of the same face. Now, that's different than on Bewitched, where they switch Darren. And you go, all right, I get it. That Darren quit or died. I accept that. Oh, alias Smith and Jones, Smith. Killed himself, they had to get a new Smith. Or Jones did. They were both aliases, so I don't know. But, uh, different voice, same face. Oh, I think I'm in for a lot of trouble. We'll see. Well, phone calls, are you know, they got this voice recognition now. How am I going to, uh, um, um... Poopy, I know I shouldn't call her automatic. Uh, uh, poopy. Dial, dial Butchie. See, my phone doesn't re- recognize me anymore. Well, oh, that's strange. Now, this does happen on also Mission Impossible, I believe, because they have masks that are so realistic that you just look like another person. Now, the character Roland Hand. Could they name that after his rolling hand? rolling hand would put these I assume it was latex or maybe it was human skin a mask on and boom different face, different height voila he's Nehemiah Persoff. Oh who just who just passed? Nehemiah Persoff Sakrona Lavracha He was 102. How about that? I wonder if uh, I wonder if he'd recognize. He doesn't. He didn't know me to begin with. So if I meet him in the afterlife, should there be one, and I say, "Oh, Mr. Persoff, I've really enjoyed your work for so long. I didn't realize that you were a serious actor when I first saw you on Gilligan's Island playing a South American dictator," and I know let's all cringe together because I also did see you play some other things that were, you know, some roles that were not terribly appropriate, probably. But then I saw you do some fantastic acting. and I really am impressed. And you're also a visual artist. And if I had met him before, he'd say, you're not Hardy White. I'm not. Now, what if somebody had my voice suddenly? What if it just switched with somebody? There was another person... And now they sound like Hardy, White, and I don't. Do they get to be me? Do they get my history? Do they get all the things that I've told you? And anything that you've liked, do you now like them and not me? Those seem like silly fears. But I remember I got the chance to teach a class one time. There was a teacher who said, Hardy, I think that I would love you to come to my class and teach the kids, I don't know, a little bit about Mo Howard or something or those kind of, you know, comedy comedy two-reeler shorts from the 40s or 30s. Would you like to come teach that class? And I said, you know it because I love, I love young people because they haven't figured out that I'm a charlatan yet. And so... He, uh let me teach this class and so I stood before there and it was like fa- it's like fantasy camp you know if you've ever want to be a teacher and I just I would do things like I would just put my glasses down on my nose and sort of just look around the room like that because I remembered teachers doing that to me and I don't really have a lot of information so for me it was the performance aspect and I thought well if the If the kids think that I'm an authority, then that's good. They won't feel as if they're being, uh, you know, tricked or they won't feel as if they're being, um, you know, scammed out of their money, that they're actually learning someone something from a true authority. So I went in there and I tried to act professorial. But see, that's when my voice maybe worked against me a little bit. They say, oh, this, but this fella seems like he's sitting in front of a general store. So maybe he doesn't have anything very smart to say. But because I was in a group of young people, I wanted to kill two birds with one stone and learn something from them. And so... What I like to do when I'm with groups of people is find out what their fears are because I have an ongoing research project where I try to figure out what people are afraid of so that they won't kill me or people I love or burn down the planet. Because it seems to me that fear is probably one of those motivating factors. I know it's something that rages like a fire and is difficult to extinguish by oneself. And so I figured that if I found out what the kids were afraid of, then I might be able to change them or the world or myself. And so I asked them, I said, write it down on a piece of paper without signing it or anything, because I doubt your honesty when you speak in public oh like me on the radio every time I'm on the radio I I don't know if I'm lying or not because I might be afraid to say certain things or to tell the truth about myself Oh, nobody wants to be confessional really I don't I always confess by confess by accident I always like I close my eyes and I'll mistake the microphone for like clergy on the other side of some sort of lattice work or, or caning, really beautiful caning. I would just start picking at it with my fingers and I'm sure the priest would go, don't do that, don't touch that. So I say, forget, and I want, I want to be forgiven. So I asked, oh, please forgive me if I've done anything. I live in fear that perhaps I have hurt you and then you haven't told me so I can't fix it. That's the worst. What if I did that? I bumped into something. I bump into like a dam. And it splits open and the water starts pouring out. I don't even know I've done it. And I go on the way and they go, that's, Hardy did that. And then it gets around and Hardy, the destroyer of villages. And I haven't even known I've done it and didn't have a chance to repair it. And that's a fear I have. But that's complicated. I asked the kids in the class, I'm sorry, it's got to be phlegm, right? But in my brain. That's doing it. That's why I've lost this ability. Is it Broca? Broca? Is that a thing? Is that a language thing? I have these vague memories. I don't know whether it's from uh, Leonard Nimoy's In Search of, In Search of Things in Your Brain and all, and he said something about Broca or it could have been that. They wrote down their fears on a piece of paper, and they handed it in, and I looked at them. And 90% of them were some variation on this. I am afraid of being cast out. I am afraid of being rejected. I am afraid of being by myself in the world, alienated from all, uh, a reject, the odd person out. I don't want to be separated from everyone I don't want to be a refugee I don't want to be a pariah I don't want to be Cain I don't want to be Cain from Kung Fu I don't want to be um the fugitive no one wants that uh We crave each other's protection, I guess. And the notion that we could ever be rejected by those we want to be a part of, I guess, is a great fear. It exceeds, it seems, the fear of dying. And, you know, the fear of dying may be the same fear. Once I'm dead, who knows, maybe I go off in perpetual loneliness Maybe I'm forever by myself. And I've tried in the past to console myself by saying, I'm not forever by myself, I am forever with myself. A sort of companion. And so I better get right with all these hardies or I will be alone. Gosh, this is strange. I don't think I'm going to be accepted. I just don't, because, you know, that voice opened doors, you know, people knew, not thought, but knew that I was not threatening, or I was silly, or they had low expectations. I don't even know with this new speech pattern whether I'm Saying things that are appealing, or maybe my my voice is grating. You know, I've heard um, voices before, and sometimes I they don't appeal to me if they're saying something in a monotonous way, or something like that, or without emotion, or with too much emotion. Ooh, this is this crazy person? I feel like all my emotions are here. I just feel like my vowel sounds are alien. Well, maybe I've heard people speak this way. I don't doubt that everything is gonna be right again, unless I am some sort of bug. I don't know what kind of bug. If, If I have turned into a bug, then I have mixed feelings about whether it's the kind that makes an odor because there's some bugs that make an odor. Having lived in Florida for a very long time, there's some bug odors that are astounding. You know, there's these sort of beetles that look like a cockroach, but they're segmented and they live under magnolia leaves. Magnolia leaves are strange. They almost never break down or something. They're almost the consistency of leather. They're by a, like a big leather leaf the size of your hand and I guess that things under them stay terribly moist and it's wonderful for the most creepy crawly insects that you've seen and um, these when molested will give off an odor that smells like Vidal Sassoon shampoo from the 70s which is that is to say an almond odor a nauseating, sickly almond odor. Now, they're taking a big risk because there are people that like marzipan and might eat that bug. So, you know, say, oh, I enjoy British confections or something and pick up that beetle. and, And he said, it's like backfired on you. Other ones have other kinds of stink, but they're all meant to repulse. And they do so efficiently because of of uh, evolution you know if it works it, it can keep going um, or it keeps going because it works it's unsure what causes what I'm unsure maybe 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 I've sort of evolved or maybe I'm devolving that wouldn't be like devo that wouldn't be bad I like, there's nothing more ironic than their name. They seemed highly evolved to me, not devolved. If I could only get to the point in human evolution that Devo was at decades ago, I would be a better human. But who knows? Not like this. No, this dumb voice. That's not going to do it. So it will well, carry me nowhere. Where's my regional accent? I'm going to, oh gosh, and it was the way, maybe it'll switch. What if I get a regional accent from a region I'm not from? That could happen. I had a neighbor, self-described meanest lady in the neighborhood. She would tell new neighbors, um, my dogs are unfriendly and so am I. And she had these five dogs, rare dogs, mean dogs, and I swear they were clones, because I've heard of such a thing. Because my friend um, Drew, Drew York, that's not his real name. His real name is Drew, but he's a he knows dogs in New York, and he had to deal with some vicious clones, and that's what I thought about hers so nobody could go in her backyard not linemen people fixing the if if a cable had to be fixed and it was in her yard it just stayed broken and i was speaking to her one day i think for the first time and trying to be nice um and uh she was giving me a hard time about her fence or something she said a branch of mine had fallen on her fence and nicked it, and it was the most expensive fence you can, you can get, and I owed her $10,000. And I said, well, you know, I said, bless you. I said, bless you, bless your heart, and uh, I can't do that. But as she was speaking to me, I listened to her accent, and I said, where are you from? Because she had a very heavy Philadelphia, perhaps Maryland, accent. But it was certainly that, you know, mid-Atlantic, and that Philadelphia, I've known a lot of people from that area, including family, and so I, I know what they sound like. And she said, um, I'm from here. Now, I don't know whether her parents were from Philadelphia because I don't know anybody who can just do that accent. That is, that's one of those accents that I have uh, close family members that sound that way and I cannot do even an approximation of it. I sound like an idiot. So uh, she insisted. This was just the way she spoke. And I thought, is that possible? Could I wake up one day and have a sort of regional um, English language accent from somewhere I've never lived or been? Is that is that a blow to the head thing? Is that a small, did I have a transient ischemic attack that rearranged All my words are the way they come out. And I feel like if I'm up long enough, you know, I've felt that way with physical things. Have you ever had something really wrong with you and you think you're going to work it out? Oh, I think it's just, I just need to stretch or something. And it's not that. It's something awful. And uh, I don't know why I'm laughing other than the human condition and our suffering sometimes. Um, deserves a chuckle. But that's happened. You know, you think, oh, it'll go away. It won't be like this forever. And maybe it is or maybe it isn't. I haven't had anything too horrible happen, you know. I thought my, my foot would get better, you know, and it hasn't. So maybe the voice is like that. Maybe my voice is like toe arthritis, just something I have to live with now. I've had friends that have had, you know, things happen to their vocal cords and their voices change a little, but but they don't really change their speech pattern or their accent or anything. That's brand new. That's brand new. Okay, my hands are not bug hands. It doesn't look like. But they don't look like I guess they look like I remember them. Now I'm starting to doubt everything, you know? Who I am, how other people see me. Do they dictate it? Did someone do this? By someone mistaking me for somebody else, maybe that's happened. Maybe I have been so profoundly mistaken for somebody else that I turned into them. Maybe somebody thought I was a cockroach with such conviction that I have transformed. Maybe they convinced me I'm a cockroach. Maybe I got talked into it. Did I get talked out of being hardy? It's still who I am. I know it's still my name. I can go through all my things. I can go in my wallet and look at my driver's license, and it's, oh, it's expired. Is that it? Oh, man, my driver's license expired like a month ago. I'm going to have to go. Now, they have never heard me at the driver's license bureau. I'm fine. And if my face is the same, I'm fine. Well, I've got a huge white beard there. I don't know if I even still have that. I'm afraid to touch my face. What if my beard was my power or something, and then I shaved it and I'm gone? I have skin, you know, my skin gets real dry and red, and, and I have to get to it to put lotion on it. So you'll have to cut off any magnificent beard won't last very long because at some point I'm going to have to medicate my chin. I wonder where I am in that stage. I don't know. There's something there. When it's very long, that's when I like. When I have a very long beard, there's all sorts of other decisions that enter in my life. For instance, inside or outside of the covers, you know on the top of the blanket or does the blanket go over the beard? Now that can, depending on how long, if you have a proper sort of James Garfield or beard, you, you don't know what to do with it. So you alternate. The old timers would tell me, well, the air, the cool air makes it grow. So if you want it to be nice and full, you know, have it out in the, in the cold like that. Last night I was sleeping on the couch, and I was sleeping very, very soundly. And I heard the cat start to make a ruckus, a big ruckus, bigger than normal. Now, sometimes she goes nuts at night, but this time I thought something's going on. And I woke up, and I stood up, and she was chasing a mouse, And in full, this mouse was zigzagging and going here and going there. And she was trying to keep up. It's an elderly cat. So she was doing her best, her bony self. She's all bones with a big pouch, big gut hanging low. She's got a tiny little head. Looks like a, kind of like a skull. She's so sweet. And, but she's going after this, this little mouse. And they're chasing around and bumping into. she's bumping into stuff and stuff's f- falling over. And I remember I stood up on the couch because I had bare feet and I didn't want the mouse to run over my bare feet. I'm not afraid of it. Am I afraid of it? I mean, I wasn't afraid it would, it would hurt me. And was I afraid it would startle me? I already saw it. I don't know. I, I know that there was something that don't let the tiny thing on your foot. Don't let tiny things crawl, because they can crawl up your leg. Oh, an enemy my size. I wonder if I had been more, if it was something large, like a wolverine or a human, whether I would have had a different state of panic. This one was very mild, and I thought, I'm not in the mood um, to join in this chaotic 3 a.m., chase and so in a high-pitched screamy voice I ran into the other room and I left the cat and the mouse together um, and um, isn't that in a there I like recursive stories like the Passover one where There's a, uh, my father bought for two Zuzum, Had Gaia, Had There comes the mouse. I don't know. I forget all the animals. One of them is the angel of death, which is fun. So if my cat had been chasing the angel of death, that would have been a very different scene. And I probably would have stayed to the end. But it was a mouse. And I left. And then I thought, What have I just done? Should I have stayed there to champion the mouse? Should I have stayed there to help my cat? I didn't help anybody. I bailed out. I didn't want to be involved with this scene. It was too chaotic for me. It was uh, too obscured because it was dark. I couldn't even see what was going on completely. I thought, well, maybe this isn't my fight. And is it a fight? And um, what harm is the mouse? Well, I could probably come up with a, f- a few little. One mouse, fine. And then I don't know how many mice there are. It's probably about the amount, right? Same with cockroaches. One large cockroach in, in, a, in a Prague rooming house, psh, I don't know how much. If he had turned in, if, if Gregor Samsa had turned into hundreds of thousands of cockroaches, problem. And that's sort of in that movie, um, Men in Black, or Women in White. Which is it? One, of, I don't know. One of them is, Wilkie, Wilkie Collins wrote Men in Black, didn't he? Do we know? Do we still read Wilkie Collins? I was reading some. Fiction the other day, and it was a a, a Japanese writer from uh, the 20s, and the person who wrote the preface who had done the translating saying, "This person is not read anymore, and I don't quite know what that means. I guess out of fashion. But I wonder if that'll happen to me. Oh, Hardy White is not listened to anymore. That was just something that happened. People don't consider that worth listening to anymore. maybe. That happened in my head. But I can't be sure. I don't know how much you've changed. Have you? I'm pleading, I guess. To say, if something is unfamiliar, I know it will be scary. And I know that when things change, they're scary. And if my voice stays like this you may not want me anymore and I don't know whether we this happens to bands all the time doesn't it say oh I love that band I love that band by the third album I did. they made some songs that I do not agree with they didn't sound like the other songs they started playing something that was nothing like their previous music and I am done I am done with them I hate them now I hate that band they used to give me such pleasure those first two albums coincided with my desires and then the fourth album I don't know whether they made something they like but I just feel angry and offended by it and I can't wait till they get back to the music they were making that sounds like what I want And when I hear that, I get so frightened. If someone's with me is saying that, I get so frightened because I know I might say something, a feeling that is akin to the third album. And they will hear from my heart my third album. And that'll clinch it that they don't like me. You've changed. I can't imagine sitting at my grandmother's deathbed and telling her that she's just not the same person. And that, where's old Grammy? I like the old Grammy that remembered my name. <laughs> not this new Grammy, this, this three or four strokes into all sorts of conditions that begin with an A. A nausea, aphasia, all that kind of thing. I reject you now for your change. It might have happened with kids, you know. Oh, I liked you better before you could talk. Or, you know, I liked you better before you... Now that your voice has changed, you're out of the musical. Maybe that's it. My voice has changed. That's what it is. Except it's, it had a some weird thing. Uh, like, you know, it's not just like Bobby Brady... Um, like that. That I, my my voice is cracked, and now I'm somebody else. But I'm not somebody else because I know I still have the same memories and all. I know I do. There's some extra feelings. This this fear one of not being myself. I probably need to get with. You know, Butchie and Lou. Might be able to help. And. You know, I think they know what it's like to be seen as just your voice or to have people have expectations about who you are based on your appearance and then sort of just tailoring who you are to fit in. And nobody could ever fault you for that if that class of students is right and 90% of the people fear not fitting in you know i've i've had um you know friends say i don't care what people think you know that but they do because they care what i think so it's just not they don't care what everybody thinks they just care about the people they care about but that worries me too <laughs> I used to try to limit my interaction with people because I would think, well, the less they saw, the less there is to reject. You know, I'll come in. I will be able to sustain this appearance for a while, be able to play a character for a while, and then I can remove myself, and I'm in complete control. I never let, you know, these unmanaged thoughts or emotions seep through so that somebody would have so I've saw I used to see them as like eruptions like they're going to see it as a pimple on my face and then they won't like me because I'm physically ugly to them I still have dreams where um people rejecting me for my appearance or something and say oh you're ugly or you're homely or you're, you're 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 you know you're too big or you're too small or you know, and those are uh, real things. I've seen people who are are who know better do that too. Oh, so many. You know what that's like? Oh gosh, could you imagine respecting somebody coming up, somebody who's smarter than you, who's better liked, who's who's funny or something, and then they re- they reject you. You know, and and you like them and respect them, but that doesn't work the other way so that you start liking them better than yourself? That's a recipe for loneliness, isn't it? So uh, I fear that in myself. Now, let's see if I can, let's see, can I still say something funny? I'm sure I can. I'm still thinking funny things. Um, let's see. Base things are funny, like using the bathroom and everything. That's still funny. Um, stuff humiliating things about being a human are still funny, I think. Those are the things that I like to think about. things food in your beard and and um, all sorts of embarrassing human functions. Those are the things that unite us, I think. Then I don't have to have fun at anybody's expense. I can have fun at the expense of all humans, and I am one. So that feels okay. Um, I don't have the courage of my convictions because I don't know if I have any yet. Uh, And I think I'm trying to figure them out as a group, right? Right? rather than figure out what I believe and then bring it to everybody, maybe we can all figure it out together while we're cooperating. I always think that. We'll be doing something together. Some world crafting project or something. No, that's that's naive. I don't want to be naive. And yet, I think my voice, my regular hardy white voice conveys that a little bit so that I don't hurt anybody. He'll say, well, he seems simple and naive. He's not uh, uh, trying to uh, uh, he's not trying to be famous or powerful or anything and I'm worried that this voice conveys something completely different. Now I have lots of friends like that too. I have friends of all different neurologies, right? and i and um, i love them because i've taken time you have to take time to know people you have to take time to figure out what's your you know who they really are what their what your imagination is what they you know just the way they talk so i know some people that talk they don't know they're talking loudly and it kind of maybe yell everything and when we're out, you know, they'll get we get looks and everything. And I know they don't know they're doing that. And I know the wonderfulness of their heart. And set so these eyes, these looks, I've found that with children too. People looking at children's behavior. When I know better, I know why they're behaving like that, what they can control, what they can't. And I see that. Lack of patience so that people think they know what's going on very quickly without thinking about it for two seconds. And so maybe this is just a big lesson. Maybe I'm getting a lesson that I need. Maybe I've been going around judging people for the way they sound and making conclusions. It happens when you you see a article and they're writing somebody up you know say uh his uh his slow southern drawl was like um sorghum <laughs> i'm trying to think of something you know y'all have sorghum where you are so it was like it was like sorghum and um so, oh, okay, just slow and it makes you feel at ease and all the, about the tone and the voice or all these vowel sounds that just have, have to do with who you lived around. That was what I was told. I was told that we have accents because we model our speech on, on on people that have influence on us. So we sound like our parents or who we were around or who we grew up or who we respected. And then within those communities... Sometimes accents can change because there's, there's sort of leaders, um, whether religious leaders or, or group leaders who we model our speech after them. And if they change a vowel sound, we all change the vowel sound. That's how things move on. So, you know, maybe this could have happened. I could have gone to sleep, had a dream. In the dream, it was a yellow millet dream. Meaning that I lived an entire lifetime in my head in just the time I was asleep. And maybe that lifetime was different than the one I lived in real life. And maybe I woke up in mid-dream and these two lives have smushed together. And my yellow millet dream life, my condensed eternity, has bled over into my actual life. And now I speak like my dream self and my normal voice that all of you have come to identify as me is gone. And I don't know whether it's temporary and I don't know whether I'm going to get it back, uh, but I hope that I do at some point. I hope that I become myself again. Because I don't know if I want to live in that sort of isolation. I don't know if I want to be somebody who's not hardy white. I am comfortable being myself, and I am comfortable with the way that you see me. Especially if I think you've got it right. If you see, here's somebody who's trying to bring a smile to you. uh, Trying to be funny in a way that doesn't hurt. Should humor hurt? I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. Some of it does. Is mine. I don't know. But I uh, personally do not like to, uh, I don't think anybody needs to get hurt to laugh. I could be wrong. But I do believe that I will stay my essential self until that dissipates, until my memories fade. I'm so lucky that we can connect together, you and I. And I feel like the more that I acknowledge that we are different, a mystery to ourselves sometimes, and a mystery to one another, and that the mystery is worth staying around for in all its chaotic, crazy, midnight mouse-chasing nonsense, I will stay and I will stay just in case. I will be with you and we will remain together, embracing one another and laughing and disrupting uh, what we see as cruelty with nonsense until the cruel are so, are so confused that they snap out of their cruelty and find their courage stop being afraid of others and wanting to kill them before they kill they get killed they want to stop this before it starts oh thank you for letting me into your mind thank you for letting me into your car or your home or your ears all i have is my small, weak voice. It doesn't matter where it's coming from, and it doesn't matter who I am. It matters who we are together. That's where the magic happens. That's the special part, is how we, we be together. Oh, I think I'm ready to go out in the world and see how I'm treated I will take my voice and I will go forth and I will be courageous and I will patiently explain again my motives and I will just, and I will tell my, my jokes, tell a joke. Can't think of, tell a joke. I can't think of any joke. I know, I just told it the other couple of weeks ago. I know one, I'm going to have to go look one up. I can't and I don't write them. Um, I always think if I just start saying it, you know, a fellow walks into a bar, ugh, it'll just come to me, but it doesn't. It's not like that. I could waste your time like that and tell you a shaggy dog story until you gouge my eyes out. But I don't think I could, uh, I, could I couldn't tell a succinct joke. I know that's magic to me. All that kind of stuff. Oh, my friends, you've put some joy in my heart. How did it get there? I guess you slipped it in my dreams like I said. I said it in different ways, but I said, I love you. Oh, boom, 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 boom. When I say I love you, I say it in an aspirational way. I, sometimes I don't even know you, but that's why I'm shooting for love because I think that uh, in theory... Your life is precious to me, and I don't see why it wouldn't be precious in reality to me. Let me into your heart. I'll let you into mine, and we can work together to repair this world, to bring peace to hearts, to bring uh, uh, sorrow, to mitigate it, to mitigate suffering uh, with our devotion and our uh, open hearts. So I would like to give you some uh, open heart sugary, is what I call it, which is just the um, sweetness of the depths of my heart. You are listening to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County and New York City, New York, woo, and online at W. FMU.org Worldwide. Thank you for joining me, and I will see you again next week.
2: Name was mahogany, twin's name was Ebony. Shame was mahogany, twins name was Ebony. Name was mahogany, twins name was Ebony. Shane was mahogany, twins name was Ebony. Shane was mahogany, twins name was Ebony. Same was mahogany, twins name was Ebony. Same was mahogany, twins name was Ebony. Hang was mahogany, twins name was Ebony. Hang was mahogany, twins name was Ebony, hang with mahogany, twins name was Ebony, and was mahogany, twins name was Ebony.
1: Hello, listener. This is a live broadcast of a pre-recorded mix from Mahogany on WFMU. For tonight's special program, we are joined by Roanoke, Virginia's James She-underscore Skin Furl. He'll be providing the second 30 minutes of music. So keep it locked here on WFMU, the tri-state area's number one in hip hop and R&B. First up, Bailey. world as it spins around never let the spin get you down things are moving fast hold on tight and you will last take it from me someday we'll all be free hold on tight And you will last Take it from me Someday We'll all be free Take it from me 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 me Someday We'll all be free. I'll be free. Take it from me. Take it from me. Take it from me. Someday we'll all be free. That is a hope. One day. We are going to be free even all the turmoil, the trouble, the trials, and the world will all be over. And we'll be caught up to meet God in the air. Aren't you excited about the hope that we have? Take it from me. Take it from me. Take it from me. Someday we'll all be free. Donny Hathaway sings this song so beautiful. I like it when he really says, someday... We'll all be free. The world is spinning right now. It's everybody getting so dizzy and they're freaking out and they're so scared. They're panicking. They don't know God, till they don't know what I'm trying to But God said, remember this. I'm always, and I will always have the last word. Coming back for those who prepared themselves. you Are you ready? Ready if you're not ready, get ready because we're getting out of here and none of us are getting out of here alive, But the one thing about it, when God comes, He's gonna change us and we're not gonna be the same anymore. We'll be like Kenny he said, We will be just like him. I think that's a good deal, don't you? I'll take it. God bless you. Take it from me, take it from me, take it from me.
2: your mind Nothing I'm gonna spell this one out for y'all see if y'all catch it slow if not write it out check it out what's my name M-A-D-L-I-B-D-A-B-A-D-K-I-D-O-N-G-A-G-M-I-C get it P-E-A-C-E-T-O-W-I-L-D CHI ninety nine BE S-O-U-N-D-P-I-E-C-T To them gold nigga S- Higgins S- with that. their hard on rock So all them still yo, we, we on point Like when it's time to make love, love, love we love non-stop Put on the gym hat, we, we on point To them suckers sleeping on us, they still want to the test my not, not Not knowing that we, we on point We dropping it high F A S H I N M A S H I N yr you P I N H E R E. We backin' up your area, we keepin' on lock All my niggas, yo, we on point Like my nigga, Mr. Buddha, roll smoke a